0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Welcome to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA, business lessons that you just can't learn in school. I am your host, Adam Kipnis. I am here to help bring Ideas bring information, bring lessons from myself and other entrepreneurs that you can implement in your business today for immediate success. My focus is how to drive clients and revenue immediately into your business without spending a ton of money on advertising. Definitely recommend you download my book at freebookfromadam.com. It is eight lessons that you can implement today and will cost you next to nothing to drive new clients. But in addition to driving new revenue, a lot of being in business is learning from others what was their path and how did they get there? How did they overcome? And today's guest is the prime example and one of the people that we can all learn from. His name is Stephan Arnio. Arneo. He's a real estate investor, coach, speaker, author of five books. Uh, one of the best real estate investors in Canada has taken over his hometown um, up in Canada. I'd like to introduce Stefan to you. Thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Pleasure
1: to be here, Adam. It's great to
0: speak to you again. Yeah, Stefan and I met, I think it was, I don't know, 2013, maybe 2014 in Chicago. We were at a real estate event together and uh, have just kept in touch over social media and and following what what each other are doing. So I, I appreciate the story. One of the places I'd love to start with you is maybe not from day one of your life, but when you first um, got the idea that you wanted to make your own path in entrepreneurism, you, you had a job that you weren't in love with, uh, you played a little music, but you really wanted to make your path. Can you take us back to, to that time? And what was it that, that sprouted in you that said, hey, I got to go do this for myself?
1: Well, it's a great question, Adam. You know, I I started out, uh, a lot of people know me as starting with $1,200 of cash and becoming a self made millionaire at 28 and a half. Uh, So before 30, but my journey really started when I was 16 years old. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be rich and famous. And when you're a kid, the only way you know to get rich and famous is usually um, by something you see on TV. So, you know, I saw rock stars on TV. I thought, man, I want to be rich and famous. And my mother was a teacher and she said, well, Stefan, if you want to be a rock star, you better go to music school. So I went to the University of Manitoba. I'm up here in Canada and Winnipeg. And I went to the University of Manitoba and I dropped out of the music school. I dropped out of the business school. I dropped out of computer science. And finally, I said to the, the registrar, I said, hey, how do I get out of here without, without dropping out? And she said, if you take two poetry classes, you get an English degree. So I graduated with an English degree and a minor in music. And after school, I was about 22 years old, and I had this freshly minted degree. I, I couldn't really get a job. The only jobs available for, to me were $10 an hour call center jobs. And I realized that, you know, my degree was useless. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd worked all these years to, to pretty much make less money than I even made painting houses in the summertime between semesters. So, you know, I looked at my life and I said, man, I, I got a post post grad depression, I got depressed about my life and then I read this little book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. It said anybody can become rich if they started to invest in real estate and, and had a business. So then I started taking real estate seminars and I started out in real estate with twelve hundred dollars was my very first real estate investment. Um, you know, six and a half years later after you know taking it seriously, I I took some courses, hired some mentors. Really went into the business hard, and six and a half years later became a self made millionaire by twenty eight and a half and today i'm thirty two years old and I just keep growing my businesses and growing my income streams and growing my brand so it all started out with desire of just wanting to be
0: a rock star <laughs> and so do you still play music on the side to get that uh that joy still in your life well, I, I can play. I can
1: pick up any time and just start playing. But it, I look at it differently now. Like my art form now is, you know, I've written five books and my art form is marketing campaigns and all sorts of, you know, real estate. It's, it's it's a different evolved art form. To me, you know, like I used to be a painter. I made my money making art, like paintings and selling them. I made my living as a musician before. and And to me, this is still an art form. It's just a different kind of art form. And I think building companies is much more complex and challenging and exciting to me than just, you know, putting some paint on canvas or, or playing music. So I, I can play. I still play. I, I sing a lot every day. I'm always singing. But I don't uh, I don't really make the time for it anymore because I realize it's just, it's such a time heavy thing, Adam. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger says, he says, if you know, I'm the best at bodybuilding, but I can't be the best at golf
0: because you just don't have enough time to be the best at both. Right. That, that's so profound. And so you've just found a new outlet, if you will, for that same creative spirit that, that led you to music and led you to poetry and led you to painting. But now it's the art form of business and real estate.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of artists don't get that. I think a lot of artists think
0: that, you know, it's either creativity
1: and art or money. And I think that if you're a starving artist, you suck. And you shouldn't be starving. You know, if you're, if you're a smart, creative person and a real artist, I think you should be out there making money. And, you know, I think the selling out in the world is where you give up on your dreams and get a job. I think it's way better to find ways to make money from your creativity and make money from your art than to, uh, you know, just
0: say that you're going to give up on money altogether and be a starving artist. I think that's a horrible life. I would agree. And I, and I think that the the one thing that that I've learned in my life, and I think you have as well, is that if you're great at something, there is a way to make money at it. But most of us don't take the time or give ourselves the credit enough to go and do it. We don't trust ourselves enough to figure out what that great thing can do to make us money. How did you choose real estate other than reading Rich Dad Poor Dad because there's so many different avenues of real estate and it's difficult to get into, especially in Canada where where money isn't quite as free-flowing as it is in the States.
1: Well, I think the, 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 the honest truth here, Adam, with real estate is I didn't know anything about it. I just heard it was good and I heard there was money there. And, you know, I didn't even know what a mortgage was when I decided I wanted to get into real estate. I knew my parents had a mortgage. I knew they fought over it. But I didn't know anything about real estate, and I started to get excited about it when I heard about passive income and you could get passive checks in the mail. That seemed really interesting to me because I was a guitar teacher, and I was making my money as a guitar teacher, and I learned that it was great to get checks in the mail, but I couldn't leave. I was teaching at my mother's house. I couldn't leave my mother's house. I want to go on vacation. I still had to stand there and do the lessons. So I got the concept of the checks in the mail, but I had to stand there all the time. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have some money coming in, checks in the mail, but I don't need to teach the lessons. And that's really where I started to get motivated with real estate. And then it just went from one thing to another. And and I just got hooked. And even today, I just got hooked on real estate when I heard about the, the concept of passive income and passive checks. And and even today, I've been in real estate. Oh, I'm coming up on ten years pretty soon. And sometimes you get bored with it because real estate is a really simple business. It's simple, but it's not easy. But I got I got more and more excited about it. Or I get more and more excited about it every time you know I, I go to the next level or I start trying the new thing. I'm doing some commercial deals now, and you know it's really exciting to to graduate. Maybe maybe that's the word. Maybe it's not. From, you know, small little homes and maybe small multi-units, you start doing some commercial units, it gets, you know, there's a bit of excitement there in the new thing. So, it's a combination, Adam, of getting passive income and and also the new thing and the new thing to learn is always exciting.
0: That's awesome. And I want to take it back to, uh, on the real estate side, you wrote your first book, which I believe was Money, People, Deal, and... That was back in 2013. you have been doing real estate for for a few years. You were successful. Um, But I I Mm -hmm. think one of the things about the book, Money, People, Deal, is 99% of people and probably 90% of real estate investors get the order wrong or at least different from you. Why did Money, People, Deal as a model work over Find the Deal which is what everything everyone thinks real estate is about. Well,
1: you know, the, the book Money People Deal talks about how you have to have the three pieces, the money, the people, and the deal. And in my book I talked about, hey, go get that deal first, then tie up the tie up the people. And once you have the deal and the people, the money comes easy. And I think there's a lot of people out there trying to find money or they're trying to get money, but they don't necessarily have a deal tied up. And, and that's where I've always raised money, where it's I have the deal, I have the people, and I go for the money and I get the money. You know, I, I think I have a very, very low failure rate with getting money. And a lot of my students have a very low failure rate. You know, it's almost non-existent um, with, with raising money because we follow that pattern. You know, get the deal first, tie it up, get the team, and then go for the money. And, and usually when an investor sees an opportunity, it's ready to go. Uh, they're usually, and a lot of people are wishy-washy. Oh, I'm thinking about doing this, thing, about doing that. Well, that just doesn't cut it in the world of money. People want to see an opportunity ready to go. Homework's done. Research is done. Let's just push the button. Let's
0: start it right now. That's that's really how the business world works. That's so That's so very cool. And then you went on from writing that, then you wrote Self-Made. I think you wrote a book on negotiation after that. And so you had these things going, you were doing deals, but I recall a conversation you and I had when we did a a real estate bus tour in Chicago where you had really turned a corner in your hometown and deals were coming to you. You were no longer chasing them, but you had several realtors that were bringing you deals rather than other people. How did you go from chasing deals, being a real estate investor, to your phone ringing and someone saying... I've got money on the other lo- on the other end of this for you. Do you want it? Well, I think I
1: think that always starts out with making a lot of calls yourself. Like you know, if you make enough calls, Adam, eventually you're not going to have to make calls anymore because the calls are going to come to you. And and something that I train my students in is we got to do at least fifty calls a week and ten offers, which. Some people think that's a lot, and some people think that that's not a lot. But you know, if you could, if you do a consistent fifty calls every week, and you're adding realtors to your database and deal suppliers, and you're making offers every week, eventually, what happens is you hit critical mass, and critical mass is where your market in your market, you've made so many calls and so many offers that people just know that Adam's the man, or they know that Stefan's the man, or they know that this is where I'm going to send my deal to close. There's a lot of like shadow business going on in real estate stuff that happens under the table, and deals moving here and deals moving there, and pocket listings. And if you're on the inside track, you get all that inside business, but if you're on the outside, you don't get any of it. So, you want to
0: make your calls so you get on the inside, and then once you're on the inside, it's a totally different game. So, obviously, you follow the path of, of building relationships, and for you, that was. That was just working the phones and working those relationships until they had the trust in you that if they sent you a deal as a realtor, they would, they would know what you sold. They'd get the commission and you'd be able to close it and then possibly sell it through them again. So how do you train someone to do that? You've got an literally an almost unprecedented record in, in the success that you have with your students. And I, I know some of them, and I've followed you, and I know a lot of real estate coaches who do nice work but your coaching students have success. What, mm-hmm. what is it that you're able to, to do for them? Because no one's got a special sauce, but you do have a formula. So what is that in your formula that really helps people have greater success than other coaches do?
1: Well, there's a couple of things we do differently. One is I, I obey the Harvard principle, which is, you know, Harvard's the best school in the world. Because they have the best students, so they attract the best students. And because they have the smartest and best students, their program is automatically better than the other ones. So we screen people really well. We have a three-step screening process to get people in to the business. And so that's, that on, on itself, you know, just rejecting the bad apples is a great way to increase your success rate. Our success rate is around 47%. Most, most programs are like 3 to 5% success. So we have a very high success rate. Second thing that we do is we call the students. They don't call us. So when you get a coach with my company, that coach pretty much harasses you until you're successful or until, you know, you say you're giving up. And uh, that's really powerful because a lot of people never call their coach. They They don't call for help. They're ashamed or they're scared. So our coaches, we call you. The other thing we do is we only pay the coach half their money until they get a video testimonial from their student. So it's another thing we incentivize the coach to get the testimonial. And then the other thing that we do is we offer a thing called Coaching Fees Guaranteed, which is if you don't make enough money to pay for your coaching package from our coaching, we're going to keep working with you for free until you make that money. So there's an incentive there on the coach's end. There's an incentive there on the student's end to just keep working at this until you get the result. And, and most people, Adam, you know, are honest. And if they're not doing the work, they drop out. And the people who are, uh, you know, also honest, but maybe they need some extra help, they get the extra help. And, you know, we're here to to have people succeed. We want the right people in the program. And it's all about getting the right people in. And once they're in, you know, giving them an amazing amount of support. One final thing that we do different is we focus on the soft skills like the you know, negotiating, selling, marketing, we focus on all the soft skills, whereas a lot of companies focus on nuts and bolts of real estate. And I don't really care about the nuts and bolts of real estate very much because anybody can learn that quickly and for free. It's really about developing your negotiating skills, developing your phone skills, your sales skills, your marketing skills. Those are the skills that people need. And a lot of companies just don't even teach those skills.
0: That's a real a really interesting way to think about it, and and I appreciate you brought it up because it it leads me to my next question for you, which is as a real estate investor, you are doing the you have the skills and you're doing the tactics of day to day deals, and, and and you get a coaching student and you help them through the process, but those are two very different things than having businesses around real estate and having a business around. A coaching program with employees and with, with other coaches, where did you turn the corner from being a coach and real estate investor to an owner of a business of that does real estate investing and an owner of a coaching company?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, in 2000 and oh gosh, it must have been 13 or 14. Uh, I'm not really sure anymore. I'll have to look it up. 2013 or 14, I hired my first two employees. And I hired one for my real estate business as an acquisitions person. And then I hired the other one for my uh, coaching business, which I wasn't really sure if it was going to work or not. And then I ended up hiring within a couple months a bookkeeper. So I had three employees right away. And that turned – that was really interesting because – you know, three employees right away, and I'd never really had a corporate job before. You know, I've never had a job for more than 10 months. And, you know, suddenly I've got a little culture and a little business. And today, and you know, we got just under 10 employees here. And I think that, you know, if you check on me next year, we'll probably be up to 13 or 14. We're, we're going to start to grow pretty quick. And so, you know, that entrepreneurial mentality, like the e entrepreneur, manager, and technician, I had to start going from, uh, technician to manager and to entrepreneur really, really quick. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of this has been trial and error. A lot of it's been mistakes. I've hired the wrong people. Dude, I've messed everything up. I've burned I've burned all the bread before. I've, I've been the doctor who kills the patient. I've messed it all up, but I just keep going and, and fix it and just keep trying and trying. And slowly over time you know through failing over and over again eventually you get the formula right but it takes it takes a long time i've i've failed with a lot of employees and a lot of the times you know it's a lot of it's been my fault as a leader but um you know i also as a leader have hired the wrong people so i've just been through the ringer man and i don't know if there's ever a point where you like flip a switch i think it's a slow process that happens through failing and failing and failing and eventually you've
0: just made all the mistakes, so you can't make those mistakes anymore. And, and that's true for any business, whether it's coaching, whether it's real estate, whether it's owning a pharmacy or a hardware store. Um, every, every day is, is a new lesson. And if you think back in that process? And, there, and there's never a way to pin down one lesson, but is there a lesson that sticks out, something that you failed at or something that you learned that, that's really stuck with you and you still are reminded today of what it was and how to continue to overcome it and not do it again?
1: Well, I think the hardest thing in this business or in any business, Adam, is just hiring the wrong people. And you hire the wrong people and, you know, maybe they're, maybe they have a drug addiction or they're the wrong person or they have a bad attitude or whatever. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, want everybody to work out. They want everything to be great and they want to be friends with everybody. But at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't have the muscles to do it. They don't have the muscles to do their job. And the biggest problem for me has always been hiring the wrong people. And, you know, whether it's, just choosing wrong people. And, you know, you don't really know what the wrong person's like until you have the right person. And so, you know, I've hired, I've had a lot of mishires. I've had a lot of bad hires. I've had a lot of giving people too much rope to hang themselves. And, and I've just, I've just thought, you know, Adam, that everybody was like me, everybody could just grab the bull by the horns and figure it out. But at the end of the day, I think it's Ross Perot says, that, you know, there's two things you can't pay a person to do. One is think. And the other thing is do things in the right order. You have to do the thinking as the entrepreneur and you have to dictate the right order of operations because other people, they just, they don't care about your business. They don't have any interest. They don't have any emotional power with it. They're just there to do a job and they don't want to think about it. So you got to do the thinking, you got to do the heavy lifting you got to choose the right people and grow the right people. And my biggest mistake has always been having the wrong people. And um, I think I've fixed a lot of that, but it is a, a chronic thing in business is it, the, the pain of having somebody in the team who's wrong and you have to get the right one on the bus.
0: And, and I, I would echo that. And that's for all of you out there who are solopreneurs and don't have employees yet. The same thing rings true for your vendors, whether it's a software that you buy or whether it's a third party that you use, or in real estate a title company, it, the employees or the the vendors and third parties and partners that you work with are a a critical piece to struggle versus success or an easy day versus a hard one. Um, so y- you have a coaching program, and you um, in in self made you outline um, a, an investment that you made. I believe it was ten thousand something. Yep. So you have a coaching program and, and you've invested in coaching yourself in self-made. You, you tell the story. I think it was a $10,000 investment into a one-day coaching day with, a, with a, real estate, um, a real estate investor and how much you learned. And, um, and obviously, that's a huge part of your success has been uh, investing in programs, investing in coaching, and now you've got your own program. But now you're successful in real estate and now you've got your own businesses. Where are you making your coaching investments today? So, so who do I invest with for coaching, like for my own learning? And not even the who, but the what. What is it that you are still learning? Where are you getting coached today to take you to that next level?
1: Well, that's a great question so when i when I started, I hired a real estate coach, and that was a that was a really big, big success piece and if If you're in real estate at home, I think you should hire a real estate coach if you're in it. I always think it's interesting that people will buy guitar lessons for their little boy or little girl because they don't want to hear bad guitar playing at the home, but they won't get business lessons for themselves, and the whole family runs on that one business so that's kind of scary, you know you're willing to get clarinet lessons or guitar lessons you won't get a business lesson and your family eats off your business. Well, you should probably invest some money in that. So I invest right now, Adam, um, you know, I go to as many conferences as I, as I can. I still fly around and go to them. Um, Right now, the the coaches I keep on retainer, I have a business coach. I also have a life coach and then I have a health coach. So I got three coaches and yeah, I even had a call with my life coach this morning, earlier this morning. So, you know, I think I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to have a real support system and be paying for those coaches. So you take it seriously and and you get the real value out of it. So I'm always always going to conferences, always looking for the next one. And um, you know, I'm flying all around North America. That's how me and you met, going to conferences. And then and then also, I think I think you got to have at least one coach on retainer, but Probably a business coach and a life coach. And, and my company, we've started to offer that business coaching and life coaching because what we found is with the real estate people, the real estate students, a lot of them, if their life was messed up, their their business wasn't going anywhere. So we've started to to help people on the life side, the accountability side, the journaling side. And then what that does is that translates into real dollars on the business side, which is really great if you can help someone get their life together and consequently their business together too.
0: So you cover the, the three major points in your life and then you, then you help your current students do that as well, just continuing to add value to them and continuing to, to, to keep them as part of your, your coaching family and your business life. That's awesome um yeah our
1: goal our goal adam is someone if someone comes in for coaching we want to keep them for five years that's the goal you know um, a lot of people start out with real estate coaching with us and they might do a small package and then they'll come back for a bigger package and turn professional and then my goal is to keep them on three years of life coaching after that at least so i want to i want to have a five-year relationship with my clients where they can honestly say that this really changed their life and real change takes about five years. It it takes a long time. And so that's why we've come up with all these different programs and accountability systems to get people to where they actually want to
0: go. Well, I love it. And, and I, and I appreciate the way that you think about it. You've uh, um, always impressed me just with your thoughtfulness about how you think about business. It's not just about getting more deals in real estate, although that's how you made your money initially. Um, you're now thinking about, all right, what is the next version of my business? What is the next version of myself? And I appreciate you sharing those thoughts with, with my listeners, with, the, with the, the entrepreneurs out there who are looking to get better. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate the thoughts and lessons. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate the call. You got it. And thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, Stefan Arnio, uh, s t e f a n a r n i o dot uh, com he also has a webcast or a uh, podcast respect the grind um, and uh, you can find him on youtube just great information um, and he 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 tells it like it is and it 's really interesting anything else if people want to reach you is, is that the best way of going through your website and your podcast
1: yeah stepfan dot com dot com and uh, respect the grind podcast dot com if if you want to go there so you know, really great to connect with people. And, and if you want to get a copy of my very first book, I can give it to you for Just Pay the Shipping. Uh, StephanArneo.com forward slash book. We have a promo there if, if anybody wants to get the book, uh, you know, just for the, the
0: cost of shipping. I think cost of printing and cost of shipping. Perfect. I appreciate, I appreciate that and uh, appreciate your time. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Stefan.
1: Thank you, Adam.
0: You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.